Welcome back to the Tiny Podcast. Today I have with me Robert Harris for our Bicentennial special to talk about the Buffalo Soldier. Welcome, Robert. How Thank are you, you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. Your book is amazing. I really appreciate it. So let's talk about you first. How? how so tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh uh, Yeah. Uh, my name is Bob. Bob Harris. Uh, I am a member of the uh, Buffalo Soldier Motorcycle Club. Uh, I'm a veteran, of uh, an Army veteran of uh, nine years. I've served in Korea as well as uh, Berlin, Germany. Thank you for your service. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Lorene. Uh, we have um, two sons, Greg and Ronnie, one daughter, the lovely Michelle, <laughs> and um, my grandsons, uh, Gabby, uh, I'm sorry, Garrison, and Greg, and my granddaughter, Gabrielle. Nice. Well, thank you for being here. So tell us about the book. So what what is the book, and what, what kind of started your journey with that? Yeah, uh, my book, as I, I'm the historian of the, of the club, of the Buffalo Soldier, oh, okay. our chapter. And uh, each month, what I do is I try to present a paragraph on African-American history, specifically the Buffalo Soldiers, mm. and some African-Americans, uh, the military contributions. Mm. I usually write a paragraph uh, every month at our monthly meeting, and uh, some of the guys have suggested that, hey, Bob, you know, since how you're doing all these things, why don't you put this together in a book form? So, I, you know, I, I could never write a book, so <laughs> I, I gave it a try. I submitted the manuscript to a publisher, and um, they said it's something that they might be interested in doing. And uh, this was about two, maybe two and a half years ago. And as a result, uh, I have uh, the historical moments, military uh, contributions of the African American. It's a beautiful book. I'm so glad that they encouraged you to do that. I've read it. It is one of the most eye-opening and also just interesting books that I've read in a while. I, I, I'm also a veteran. Uh, Army veteran. I am not necessarily, I haven't always been the biggest history buff, Mm -hmm. but I think that the older I get, the more I realize how important it is. And the more that I, I, and also the more I see how much of history I've missed and how much of history I just haven't even heard of. This is a great example. Yeah. Well, I've always been a history buff. As a matter of fact, that was my best subject in school Mm. history. (laughs) Um, And uh, especially military history. And the um, the untold story mm. of the African American mm. that really just sort of struck my interest because I found out that every time I read just a little something on our contributions, it led to something else, and it just became so interesting that I said, "Wow, this is something I really wanted to delve into." Yeah, and that's what that's what happened. Well, it's fantastic. Well, we're going to delve into it today because I think that that's a great idea. I think that a lot of people could benefit from just knowing this stuff. It is it is very interesting information and also very eye opening information. Um, so if if you're okay with it, we'll talk about a little bit. Of, we'll just go through the history a little bit. Well, give it a shot. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go for it. I love okay. it. I love the enthusiasm. All right, so. Why don't we start with the Revolutionary War? We'll talk about let's talk about the Boston Massacre because I feel like that was a huge, you know, kind of ter- tipping point for us, in, you know, here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, th- I, I'm sure I learned of Crispus Attucks. I'm sure I remember that name. Okay. That name is familiar. But 
realizing the significance of Crispus Attucks mm-hmm. and and him being he correct me if I'm wrong he was the first first casualty he, yes he was uh, Crispus was the first uh, casualty uh, in the in the revolution mm-hmm. um, the way it started was that Crispus Attucks he was a black man mm-hmm. uh, part Indian and part uh, African American. Uh, and he was also a dock worker. Mm. The at that time, the American colonists were um, sort of against the British occupation mm. of of, of uh, Boston. Christmas, along with uh, several other uh, patriots later to become patriots, they were protesting in front of uh, what was called a common house, which is now known as a bank. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, this bank or this common house was guarded by uh, several members of the king's dragoon. Mm. I think it was the 29th uh, dragoon. There was a confrontation there in where Christmas, along with these other patriots, I think it was six or seven of them, were throwing, allegedly throwing rocks mm. at the soldiers protesting the occupation. Mm-hmm. The soldiers fired upon them. Christmas addicts being the first one to be killed. Mm. Now, in our history, this is known as the Boston Massacre. Mm-hmm. However, the English considered this the incident on King Street. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, as a result of this, the King's Ragoon, they were tried. They went to court. However, they had a very shrewd, smart lawyer mm-hmm. who got them off with just... Uh, uh, they were charged with self-defense because they claimed that the protesters were not only throwing rocks yeah. and bottles. The the soldiers or these dragoons, their lives were in danger, and the soldiers fired upon them hmm. in self-defense. Hmm. This smart lawyer that they had, um, the dragoons had, he would not have any of the Boston uh, Patri- or not patriots, but the citizens of Boston on the trial, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the jury, mm-hmm. rather, you know, during the trial. And instead of being charged, as I said, they were charged with uh, protecting yeah, themselves yeah. Or, some, or something like this here. And what really amazed me was the fact that this smart, shrewd lawyer that got them off with just more or less a slap on the wrist was none other than John Adams, <laughs> the second president of the United wow. States. Wow, that's that that is par for the. I feel like after reading your book, that is like par for the course yeah. of this of what goes so on. Weird. Oh my god, I didn't. That's that's an interesting fact. I did yeah. not realize that. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, that's <laughs> all right. Well, so let's let's talk about. So after after that happened, so now now the war has started. Now you know. You know, you know, Christmas addicts being, you know, a black man who's the first person. First. Killed, I I could imagine that that would, you know, kind of rally the people, and you it know, it was, it was, and and what happened was that there were several other African prominent African Americans yeah. that um, participated in the war. Actually, there were, uh, I think, something like five thousand African Americans that fought in the revolution, mm. both with the Patriots. As well as the uh, as the British, yeah, some of them were uh, fighting at Bunker Hill, like uh, um, oh, what's his name, Peter Salem, mm-hmm. Salem Poor, 
um, I can't his Prince name Hall, just Paul. They uh, and there was also one that really stood out was uh, James Robert. Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned James in the books. James was a slave that belonged to, uh, was owned by the, oh God, what's his name? The French, oh not the French, the um, a general or mm-hmm. a colonel in George Washington's army. Okay. So when the revolution started, James went along with this, De Shields, I'm saying, that was mm-hmm. his name. Mm-hmm. De Shields, uh, James fought alongside uh, De Shields with the promise that if the Americans won the war, then he would be set free. Mm-hmm. After the war ended, De Shields passed away. He died mm-hmm. before he had the opportunity to set James free. So naturally, at that time, all of De Shields' property, James being one of his property yep. or his possessions, yep. James was sold to a plantation owner in Louisiana. Now, during the Second Revolution mm-hmm. or the War of 1812, mm-hmm. the last time the British came in, Colonel oh, Andrew Jackson mm-hmm. at the Battle of New Orleans, Jackson oh, needed yeah. men. Because the army had been depleted. Mm -hmm. Jackson needed men, so what he did was he went around, he recruited uh, Kentucky riflemen, um, uh, free black men, Choctaw Indians, uh, slaves from this plantation, Mm -hmm. James being one one of these slaves, and a group of pirates under the command of John Lafitte. Mm -hmm. At the Battle of New Orleans, we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the American forces soundly defeated the British. Yep. Now, once again, the slaves that were promised freedom that fought in the War of 1812, they were supposed to be set free. Right. What happened was that the white townspeople in New Orleans Mm -hmm. were afraid of the fact that there were so many armed black men and they were afraid of another or a black revolution. So what they did was they convinced Andrew Jackson to disarm the slaves Mm -hmm. and all of the black men. Who had just fought. Who had just fought. Who had just fought bravely to to, to help America. Yeah, okay. What James (laughs) said had... Had he known that, you know, this was going to happen and had, <clears throat> pardon me, had his uh, rifle been loaded, he would have killed Andrew Jackson. Yeah, I love you. You put that quote yeah. in the book and yeah. that quote was powerful. Now, 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 what happened, what would have happened, just imagine, had James shot Jackson, Andrew Jackson, he would have never been president, of course. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that Jackson did was when he became president, was he signed an act for a relocation of the American Indians Mm -hmm. in the South, Mm. in all the southern states. That was also known as the Trail of Tears in 1831. Once he relocated all of these Indians to what was then called Indian Territory Mm -hmm. or the state of Oklahoma, 
he sold all the land in the South that the Indians had occupied to white farmers or white plantation owners because the land was fertile mm -hmm. and really good for one crop or two crops actually, cotton and tobacco. Yep. So you needed the slaves to work the cotton fields yep. and the tobacco fields and this sort of extended slavery just a little bit longer wow, than it yeah. normally would have because a lot of the European companies, uh, 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 I'm sorry, a lot of the European countries had um, already abolished slavery. Yeah, yeah. Now, and one other incident about the, about the Revolutionary War, as I mentioned, the blacks that fought with the English on the side of the English, they came out a lot better better mm. than the African-Americans that fought with the American forces. Mm -hmm. The blacks that fought on the side of the English were put on a list that they called the Book of Negroes. Mm -hmm. Okay, At the end of the war, they were taken to New York, put on a ship, and they were sent to the English colonies, Sierra Leone, Jamaica, and all of the English colonies. So they came, and even uh, Nova Scotia. Mm. This is how uh, blacks came up, uh, uh, become to be populated up in uh, Canada. Mm. Mm. So they came out a lot better than the African-Americans or the blacks that fought on the side of the Americans because most... Some were given their freedom, but then most of them were put back into slavery or right. servitude. Right, and that's and uh, you know you you rely on slavery for <coughs> for years, and they 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 don't know how to you know the, none of these none of these guys know how to handle. And it's not only that we'll talk about Theodore Roosevelt later, oh, and and because because yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole yeah Brownsville was a whole you know oh, gosh, so but yeah. we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah. there's a history, a a consistent history of leaders of whether it be the military or the government promising things to the African Americans in order to get them to win them this, the wars. That's, and that's, that, that's yeah, the and that's and that so we'll we'll we will continue to touch on the history of being lied to. Um, <laughs> okay. But let's move on let's move on a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about um the 29th infantry in Connecticut. So that was that was a a, a was that the, what, tell me a little bit about that. 29th thought uh during the, that was during the Civil War. During the Civil War. Okay. During the Civil War there were 179,000 African Americans that fought in the Civil War. Mm. Of those uh, 179,000, 39,000 lost their lives. And of the 179,000, there were 19 that were awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. Mm. Um, the um, 29th was a regiment that was formed just after the 54th. Mass, uh, Massachusetts, uh, up in uh, Boston. 29th was formed because the governor, and his name escaped me, the governor of Connecticut saw the success of colored troops mm. uh, with the 54th, and so he organized the 29th. When the 29th um, were uh, deployed to the South, they were... Um, Sent sent off sent off rather by um, Frederick Douglass mm. down in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm. 
Some of the 29th, they're buried on Main Street in Hartford. There's a cemetery just off of Main Street. Oh, wow. And yeah, a lot of the 29th are buried in that cemetery. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, well, but the uh, but buried. the regiment was formed just after the 54th, and we all know the 54th from the movie Glory mm. you know, with Denzel, you know. So um, that was a result of the uh, the formation of the 29th. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because the mass governor had the 54th, and his name escaped me, the governor of Connecticut yeah. at that time. Yeah, but that's interesting though that that they see a pattern of of success. It's yeah. starting to see. It's kind of one of the one of the first times that somebody is acknowledging the contribution. Hey, these soldiers are yeah. great soldiers. Yeah, and as I said, um, uh, there was um, well, there was uh, seventeen, nineteen, or some. I don't know the exact number that were awarded the Medal of Honor, mm -hmm. and also there was a General Butler, James. Butler, mm -hmm. who had commanded uh, uh, African-American troops, and they fought so valiantly that he created a medal. Mm. I, I, sh I, have, I have a copy of one. Oh, I do you? I, oh, cool. I really wish I had bought it. But he created a medal to honor these uh, African-Americans called the Butler Medal. Mm. Um, it was a red, white, and blue uh, stripe with a silver um Medallion and on the inscription on the back, it's it's had the motto in Latin of victory will be theirs by the sword. Mm. And the front of the medal showed uh, three or four African Americans armed and charging forward. Wow. It's yeah, a beautiful, be beautiful medal. Yeah, medal. absolutely. Yeah, I, I really wish I had a product. Yeah, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll get a picture of it or something. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll definitely. Oh, we'll, I have it in the book. I think it's in the book. Oh, beautiful. There's well, a picture of yeah, it. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll throw it right up there so everybody can see <laughs> it. Because I I, visuals are important to me, and I, I think it's a beautiful medal. Yeah. Um, so, and then also some, some uh, Medal of Honor recipients during that time, Civil War era, uh, Poetan Beatty, Robert Blake, William H. Carney, James D. Gardner, John Lawson, yeah. just to name Carney, a few. Carney uh, won the Medal of Honor. Um, Carney was with the 54th Mass. Oh, okay. At the charge at uh, Fort Wagner, or the assault on Fort Wagner. Mm. And they never really took the, the, the fort. They had lost, I think it was 50% of the casualties taken at fort. Mm. But Carney was the flag bearer or the standard bearer mm -hmm. charging up uh, uh, the hill, attacking for Very Carney. Very important role. Yeah, because a lot of the soldiers during battle and during that time, they would look towards the flag and they would sort of rally around the flag. Once they saw the flag waving, then they would, you know, they would follow the flag. Right. And the standard bearer was very, very important during those battles because it was like a rallying point. Yeah. You know, these guys, hey, it's let's... like how far we've made it. Right, let's rally around the flag. And Carney, once he went up the hill and uh, the, uh, the Union forces were defeated eventually, um, Carney stated that... Uh, that old flag never touched the ground, mm. which is, as you know, as a veteran, mm -hmm. you know, it's disrespectful to have the flag touch the ground. You don't do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. kept it up. 
Yeah, that's one thing he said. It never touched the ground. Yeah, that's that, and, that, and those battles were vicious, and they were they they, and, they were know. considering the weapons that they had. Yeah, yeah, it was just mm, chaos, unbelievable. Yeah, so let's let's move let's move forward in time a little bit. We've talked about the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, a little bit. Let's we'll probably still kind of have a little crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the Buffalo Soldiers and like the, the original Buffalo Soldiers. You know when 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 they were given the name. So what, give me a little bit about that. How how did the Buffalo Soldiers get their name? Yeah, just after after the Civil War in um, 1866. Mm-hmm. Okay, the once again the army had been depleted, and uh, it was the 38th Congress. Uh, first session of the 38th Congress that uh, enacted legislation for the formation of um, four infantry units and two cavalry units made up of what they called at the time colored troops. Okay. The infantry units were given the designation of the 38th, 39th, 40th, and 41st Infantry, and the cavalry units were given the designation of the 9th and the 10th Cav. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1870, the 38th and 41st Infantry were combined to make up the 24th Infantry. Okay. And the 39th and 40th were combined to make up the 25th Infantry. Okay. And those two units, the 24th and the 25th Infantry, are still active in today's Army. Mm-hmm. They got their start being black outfits. The ninth was formed in a place called Greensville, Louisiana, which I believe is just outside of New Orleans. Okay. And the tenth was formed at Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. They were assigned to the Western Frontier from eighteen sixty seven mm-hmm. to I think it was nineteen oh six. All that period of time. Mm-hmm. Now while being assigned to uh, the Western Frontier, in addition to having uh, uh, engaging in the wars with the Indians, mm-hmm. they built the roads, bridges, telegraph lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they escorted surveyors. Uh, they protected the stagecoaches, protected the settlers moving west, the wagon trains moving west. They guarded the gold fields. Mm. Uh, they the did miners. everything. They did just about everything that you could possibly think of that you would see on television today uh, in Western movies. Yeah, yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. One out of every fifth trooper on the Western frontier was an African-American. Mm. Yeah. Wow. The name Buffalo Soldiers mm. is very, very, very interesting. Um, as the story goes, or as the legend goes, there was a private by the name of John Randall. Okay. Randall was assigned to Fort Seal, Oklahoma, which is uh, at that time Indian Territory, mm-hmm. what they called Indian Territory. And Randall was given the assignment of escorting two white surveyors in Indian Territory. They were attacked by a war party, they say, of several, you know, Cheyenne Indians, mm-hmm. okay? The surveyors were killed in the initial attack, and Randall had received several wounds. Mm. 
but he managed to survive and he held off the Indians armed with a saber and just a pistol mm. until some miners in a nearby mining camp, they heard the gunfire and they came to rescue Randall. Mm-hmm. Now, when the miners showed up, naturally the Indians took flight. But the Cheyenne, now this was the first engagement, allegedly the first engagement that the Plains Indians had with the black soldier. Mm, mm. We were strange looking creatures to him because they had been accustomed to fight, fighting white soldiers. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't long after that engagement that the Cheyenne started to spread the word that, hey, look, we're fighting a new strange looking soldier. This soldier, his hair is, is, is real matted. Mm like the head of the buffalo. Hmm. His skin is real brown, mm. like the hide of the buffalo. And he's got real dark eyes, piercing eyes, just like the buffalo. Hmm. And even though you can stab him or shoot him, if you don't kill him, he will fight like a cornered, wounded buffalo. Wow, yeah. So as a sign of respect for this strange-looking soldier, first they were calling them wild buffaloes. Mm. Later that became buffalo soldiers. Wow. That's how they got the name. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, the two words that <clears throat> I often use in, in my presentation to the s- school kids, uh, the two words I use are um, uh, in the uh, language of the Lakota Sioux, the words are tatanka, Mm-hmm. Akishita. Hmm. Tatanka Akishita. And basically, Luli uh, freely translated that that means the soldier who looks like a buffalo. Hmm. Wow. Yes. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, definitely see, you know, at first at first glance, it's like, you know, oh, we saw, okay, looks like a buffalo. But yeah. that, but the, but the, at the, the, they don't go, you know. You you, you stab him, and he keeps fighting. You know that is yeah. a testament to to the black it is, soldier. It is. Yeah, and, and because the the Indians uh, held and still hold the buffalo in such a high regard. Yeah, that's sacred. That is such an honor. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, the tenth cavalry was such an honor that the tenth cavalry they adopted the buffalo as the insignia. I have one on here. I had two. Mm-hmm. One would be facing left, and the other would be facing to the right. And you wore them on each lapel mm-hmm. so that the person in the center of these two buffaloes facing this way mm-hmm. would always be under the watchful eye wow. of the buffalo. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. I lost one. I've got to get another <laughs> Still, though, I There's love that sentiment. There's only one watching me now. <laughs> it was better than none. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, let's talk about some some of uh, the bu- buffalo soldiers that were pretty pretty significant during that time. Um, well, let's let's start off first with Kathy Williams or Kathy Williams. Kathy Williams. What an interesting story. Yeah. Kathy, in the history of all of the Buffalo Soldiers, there has only been one female to become a Buffalo Soldier. Yeah. And that was Kathy Williams. Her story, <clears throat> pardon me, her story was that 
Kathy was a slave in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And during the Civil War, the Union Army, as they uh, occupied Southern territory, they would free the slaves. Mm. And the slaves that they freed, they called contraband. With the women, they took the women and they made the women uh, cooks or what do we call laundrious, mm-hmm. you know. And the men, they would have them build fortifications mm-hmm. and roads and just sort of manual labor. Manual labor, yeah. Kathy, there was a, a white uh, infantry outfit, I think, from Indiana. I think it was the 7th Infantry from Indiana. They were occupying this town in St. Louis. Um, oh, God. I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. time. But Kathy was there, and and naturally they freed the slaves, and they made her a cook. Hmm. Now, this was in 1862. Okay. So for three years, from 1862 to 65, Kathy traveled with this uh, white infantry unit. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, at a town, I think, someplace in Alabama or Mississippi when that white unit came upon or came across the 54th Infantry. Mm. And this was Kathy's first exposure to black troops or African-American troops. Mm. This gave her the idea that maybe she wanted to become a soldier. Mm. After the war, Kathy, very, very independent, after the war, what she did was she got with her cousin and a friend and she told them, hey, look, I want to join in the Army, as I said, under this reorganization act was just forming, say, I want to be a soldier. So what she did was she dressed in men's clothing, mm-hmm. you know, and she joined the Army. She joined the 38th Infantry. Mm-hmm. She fought with the 38th or was uh, in, in, involved in some of the Indian wars with the 38th Infantry. From 1866 until 1868, for two years, she was a soldier. Mm -hmm. In 1866, she was stationed at Fort Huachuca in Arizona, and she contacted smallpox. Mm -hmm. So naturally, they took her to a dispensary, Mm-hmm. gave her a thorough examination and, wow, found out that she was a woman. Yep. And they gave her a discharge, a medical discharge. She tried for several years after her discharge to get a pension, mm-hmm. but the Army, you know, claimed that she had enlisted under false pretense mm-hmm. and just never honored her with a pension. Yeah. But she was the only woman to ever become a Buffalo soldier. Wow. And as I said, the physical at the time when she joined was, it was so simple. They just, you know, they hit your chest, yeah. make sure it's sound wind, and uh, make sure you had all your yeah, teeth. Yeah, take a deep breath, look at your, yeah, take look at the mouth. Take a deep breath, yeah. and, and all, you know, ten fingers. And the reason for this was because the weapons they were using was the old powdered mm-hmm. thing where you would bite off the black powder, pour it down the barrel mm-hmm. you know, with the ramrod, and then fire. You know, so they had to make so sure they could do all that. Yeah, yeah. So she do all that. 
and that was it. That's the physical, yeah. 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 That That's it. a shame, though. Yeah, it's a shame about, you know, she served, again, women, women, you know, not allowed to serve in the military until, you know, more recent history even. Yeah. And then, you know, serving and, and fighting and then essentially getting nothing. Absolutely. Un- an unfortunate trend with, with yeah. all of this. Yeah, and when she died, um, she was buried, I believe, someplace in uh, in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they said that her uh, grave marker was made of wood. Mm-hmm. That's long gone, it's deteriorated. Yeah, at that and point, And so yeah. there's really no sign or reference as to where she's buried. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about uh, Tommy Taylor a little bit, the Zulu warrior. He was I thought he was a very interesting person. So he, oh, Tommy. he yeah, he was yeah. he was what well, he was from Africa, correct? He was Tommy was an African prince. Yeah. Yeah, that had, had joined the 24th Infantry mm. uh, at the um, Battle of San Juan Hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tommy um, uh, he participated with the 24th in the charge up the San Juan Hill. And it didn't read too much about Tommy, but after the war, he uh, returned to his homeland in Zululand yeah. and became a chief. But I think his father sent him to uh, America because he was the next in line you know, yeah. for succession, and they wanted to know something about American tactics, military tactics. Yeah, yeah. You know, like and I think that was the reason why he joined the 24th. Yeah, that was really interesting to see because you know yeah. most of it is is people in you know it's 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 African Americans, yeah. it's people mm-hmm. who have already been brought over here. Yeah, and then and then you have the Zulu warrior. Yeah, who yeah, came me, over. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, tell me it was a Zulu, a Zulu. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Uh, uh, okay, you have to tell me more. The one I want to know more about the Iron Riders. Because that was so, I didn't even know for military history. Of course, I, I you know I should have had an, an inkling that that was you know yeah. that bicycles were were a, an yeah. invention. But it was uh, General Miles, okay, who was in charge of uh, African American troops at the time. Miles had toyed with the idea of replacing a horse with a bicycle. Mm. <laughs> uh, he thought that it would be more uh, you know less expensive and mm-hmm. for maintenance on a horse. And all like this, but that never materialized. But um, it was, I think, in 1897, there was uh, the 25th Infantry, mm-hmm. Buffalo Soldiers. They were stationed at Fort Missoula in um, uh, Montana, I believe. Okay. And um, they decided, or their commanding officer decided that what he wanted to do was, in, in following Miles' orders, was to ride from Fort Missoula mm-hmm. to uh, St. Louis, Missouri, a distance of over 2,000 miles. Yeah. Uh, it took them 30 days to do it. They carried uh, full field packs, their weapons, and everything. They carried something like 50, 60 pounds of equipment on the bike. Mm-hmm. As I said, it took 34 days to do it. They traveled in all kinds of weather, mm-hmm. you know, mud and uphill, downhill and crossing screams and, and everything. And when they reached St. Louis, um, they got uh, one heck of a welcome. Yeah. You know, and surprisingly, all along the route, all along this, this uh, 1,800 or 2,000 mile route, the uh, people would come out and they would cheer them on. Hmm. You know, here's these black soldiers Riding bicycles. Yeah, yeah. And 
people would feed them yeah. <laughs> along the way. It was just so surprising. Yeah, yeah. You just know, at you... that during that time. Yeah, yeah. All the way, a uh, distance of, uh, I think it was eight, 1,900 miles. Interesting. Yeah. But they took the train back to uh, <laughs> go, go, yeah, And when they, when they left, when they left uh, Fort Missoula mm. uh, to go fight at uh, at uh, San Juan Hill, mm-hmm. um, the townspeople gave them a rousing, you know, uh, uh, a goodbye farewell. Yeah, yeah. That the entire town turned out just to cheer them on. Yeah. You know, that when they left uh, Fort Missoula, they went to uh, Cuba to fight. At San Juan Hill. Wow, yeah. And then the, the after that, I feel like they just kind of gave up on the bicycles. I feel, it did. Yeah, it did yeah. materialize. It did, yeah, it did. It did, yeah. it did not. Know, neither of us rode bicycles in the Army. Yeah. At least, never, at least not for, yeah, at least not to right. travel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. Okay, uh, uh, Charlie Young, we, we had talked about this before we started recording. Yeah. Um, the So this was during the time where... Um, um, the, it was the seventh and ninth cavalry were the two were the two cavalry. Mm-hmm. Now the seventh and, was the seventh and ninth both African American was the no, seventh. The seventh cavalry was General Custer's cavalry. That's General Custer's yeah, cavalry. It was all white. Yeah, 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 all yeah. White. And he was not okay he with. Was, yeah. No, uh, Custer refused to have blacks in his uh, command. Mm-hmm. He said that we were cowards. We mm-hmm. would not fight. Uh, despite the fact that at that time there was something like 18 or 19 had won Medal of Honors during the Indian War, yeah. as well as the Civil War. Proven, proven that they're proven yeah, fighters, yeah, proven but fighters. Custard would not have us in his army. Charles Young was the um, the third African American to graduate from West Point. Wow. The first was uh, Henry Flipper. Mm-hmm. He was the one I think we had discussed that mm-hmm. was court-martial for allegedly stealing money from uh, quartermasters. The second was John Alexander, mm-hmm. and the third was Charles Young. Now, Young, interesting fact about him was that Young was the first superintendent of the National Park Service, mm. guarding uh, Yellowstone as well as the giant sequoias in the redwood uh, yeah. trees. Um, he fought in the uh, uh, Mexican Expeditionary War. Um, Young was the highest-ranking black officer at the time, too, when he had made Colonel, mm. Colonel Charles Young. And eventually, posthumously, he was made General, mm. General Young. Young, to prove his fitness, rode a horse uh, during the First World War from Ohio to Washington, D.C. Oh, my God. To prove that he was fit to command. Mm. However, our government would not reactivate him. They had, he was given a medical um, discharge uh, and put on the inactive list after the Spanish-American War or the war in the Philippines. And they would not reactivate him during the First World War mm. because... Had Young been reactivated at that time, he was a colonel. Mm-hmm. Not only would he have been given orders to white enlisted men, but white officers. He would have been given orders to white officers, and that wouldn't have been okay. That yeah. was a no-no. Of course, yeah. So you could not reactivate him. Wow. They said that because of his illness, he had caught malaria in the Philippines. You know, he couldn't do it. So to prove 
that he was physically fit, hmm. he rode the horse. Wow. From Ohio to D.C., but the SEAL, government SEAL, would not reactivate him. Now, Young, what he did was, when he was a second lieutenant, just mm -hmm. fresh out of West Point, he was stationed at Fort Seal, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. While stationed there, he met a master sergeant by the name of Benjamin Davis. Oh, okay. Okay, okay yeah. Now, Young had saw promise in this master sergeant, thought that he would make good officer material. So Young sort of was uh, took him under his wings. Mm -hmm. He tutored him, and <clears throat> he encouraged him to go to the officer school at uh, Fort Leavenworth. Mm. So I believe it was in <clears throat> 19, what was it, 1901 mm -hmm. or something. This young sergeant that had gone to officer school came back to Fort Seal, a second lieutenant. Okay. It was Benjamin O. Davis Sr. Sr., yeah. Okay. And Benjamin O. Davis Sr. was the very first black man to be promoted to the rank of Brigadier General. Wow. The first black general in the Army. Yeah, and the, and the connection between the two, yeah. that's, that's uh -huh. amazing. So that's young, good. So young, as I said, he was stationed at Fort Seal, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Now... At that time, there was a white lieutenant with the 7th Cavalry mm -hmm. by the name, oh, God, what was his name? I want to say Baskins, but it was... Uh, was it Baldwin? Baldwin. Baldwin. Thank you. There was a white lieutenant named Baldwin. He was stationed at Fort Apache in Arizona. He was the first lieutenant. Mm -hmm. Young was the senior second lieutenant. Okay. Okay. Now, according to military regulations and policies, the next highest ranking uh, second lieutenant should receive the promotion of first lieutenant. Mm -hmm. Baldwin, the white lieutenant with the seven, resigned his commission, mm -hmm. which meant that Young should have gotten that slot as first lieutenant. Right. Now, you could not have a black lieutenant in a white outfit giving orders to white enlisted men. That was a no-no. So what the Army did in its infinite wisdom, yeah. <laughs> the Army promoted Young to first lieutenant. However, he was still stationed at Fort Seal, Oklahoma, with the 9th and the 10th Cav. Yeah. He, and, and he was he was he was granted that position in the Seventh Cavalry on the books. Right. So in so he was he was right. in Custer's army right. for, as one of his first right. lieutenants. For for I think it was about a year and a half. Yeah. You had a black man. Yeah. <laughs> in General Custer's uh, army on paper, <laughs> on paper only, <laughs> but the physical body wow. was stationed at. Fort Seal, Oklahoma. I can't imagine how that made Custer yeah. feel. I'm sure he. I'm sure he had a had a hold. Of the, but I. I think. I think it, it's. It's. Yeah. You because know, and, and then after that too, he was put back with the ninth. Is that correct as yeah. well? Yeah. yeah. So he. He was. He didn't even yeah. get to actually. Yeah. Serve you know, or do anything with yeah, the seven. Yeah. You know, one of the guys, uh, one of the Buffalo original Buffalo soldiers, has said after the incident, um, when Custer was oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Custer last night, he said that. Custard uh, refused to have us in his army. 
And I think his exact quote was, I sure am glad. Yeah, just after after what happened. I think, I think that was I think that was his exact quote. Boy am I glad. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is a that is a that is a very positive way of, yeah. of, of facing racism. Hey, wow. hey, good for that is a good way of handling it. That's yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, let's okay. Let's finish before we get to World War One. Uh, I just want to touch on um, the. Oh, actually, the uh, I want to touch about the Brownsville affair the, the, with with because that was that was a, that was before World War One, and that mm-hmm. was something that was another example yeah. of yeah. of uh, unfortunately white you know government fearing the reaction of the public. Yeah, we were um, uh, the twenty. I think it was the twenty fourth. That was stationed at Brownsville, Texas, and it was very very bad. For them there because mm. Texas was just so bad as far as uh, racism and the lynchings that uh, they just could not stand black troops there. Mm. What happened one night in August, I think, of uh, 19, I can't recall the exact date, was that someone had went into town and shot up the town. Mm-hmm in which a deputy sheriff was killed, and I think a store owner was, mm-hmm. was killed. The townspeople said that it was the black troops that was stationed at Fort Davis, you know, just outside of Brownfield. Uh, so what they did was they said that they wanted the guilty party, you know, to come to trial. But none of the troops at uh, none of the 24th participated in this thing. So they wanted them, they wanted a guilty party. Yeah, they wanted someone to blame. They wanted someone to blame. No one admitted it because nobody did anything, you know. Yeah. They they, were not involved is what I'm trying to say. So Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, in his infinite wisdom once again, Mm -hmm. trying to be reelected, what he did was he court-martialed, I think it was 167. 67 African-Americans. And some of these uh, troops, Buffalo soldiers, had fought with him at San Juan Hill. He court-martialed 167, you know, just to be reelected. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was out of the 167, only about three lived long enough to be exonerated and to receive a pension. Yeah. But for 167 Buffalo soldiers, it was nothing. Yeah. And, and, and quite, you know, incidentally, that was when, um, politically speaking, if I may, for just for a second, <clears throat> up until that time and prior to that time, most black, most African Americans were Republicans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know, the party of the Republicans. But after that incident, mm-hmm. the African American leaders, you know, like Du Bois, um, Ida B. Wells, and all of the founders of the NAACP, mm-hmm. they held a convention, I believe it was in Atlanta, and they said that because Roosevelt 
is not doing anything. Roosevelt was a Republican. It's not doing anything for us. The lynchings are there. Uh, the discrimination. All of these various things are happening. Maybe we should turn our party to the Democratic Party. Mm. And this was one of the main reasons why the um, uh, the African Americans uh, came from the Republican Party mm -hmm. to the Democrat mm. Democratic Party. Yeah, because of that Th incident. That incident. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a number of the things. Roosevelt not doing anything to uh, curtail or to stop all the lynchings yeah. that were going on at that time. Yeah, it's definitely definitely disappointing for that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's 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 go through. We're gonna do a little bit. Of, we'll do it not a speed round because we've been we've we've been talking good. Let, but let's talk about World War One and World War Two together. We're gonna do those together. Um, okay. Why don't we start with I want let's start with the Harlem Hellfighters in World War One, yeah. and uh, we'll go into uh, Henry Johnson and Freddie Stowers a little bit. So who were the Harlem Hellfighters? Harlem Hellfighters were the three hundred and sixty ninth. Um, infantry out of New York. Mm -hmm. um, they were they got the name Harlem Hellfighters from actually the Germans. The Germans called them um, Black Devils or uh, SWATs, uh, something mm -hmm. like that. They called them Black Devils because of their fierce fighting. Mm -hmm. When they came to um, or when at the start of the war, start of World War One. We could not fight with the, we Americans but we could not fight in the Rainbow Coalition. Right. Um, uh, General Persian, Blackjack Persian, said that uh, black was not a color of the rainbow. So black could not fight alongside of all of the other mm. uh, divisions in the First World War. So we were assigned to the French, you know. Mm -hmm. We were given French helmets mm -hmm. and French rifles. And... The American High Command always said that to the French command, don't treat them like, you know, you know, like they're equals mm. because they've got to come back to America and our policies does not, you know, Ugh, show the yeah. Oh yeah, That's does not show the American yeah. okay. black man as an equal. Yeah. So these orders were given to the French high command. Wow. However, the French you know, they loved us. Yeah, you know? yeah. They loved us because of they the saw, fighting they ability. They saw you, you know, yeah. And we received uh, something like, I think it was 11 Quadi Gears, mm -hmm. which is the equivalent of the American Medal of Honor. Yeah. Um, uh, the, we stayed on the unit or, or on the front lines or in the trenches for the longest of any uh, American outfit with the French. Yeah, wasn't um, it wasn't it like six months without being relieved? Without being relieved. Yeah, no, no, no one coming no, to stop. Yeah, no, that's no. a long time to be on the yeah. front. And Henry Johnson, Johnson won the Medal of Honor. He wasn't awarded that until, oh God, later on in life, about eighty something years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But Johnson saved his, along with Stoer, they saved his. Oh, God, I can't think of his name right now. But he saved one of his comrades from being captured by the Germans. Mm -hmm. He killed something like 11 members of a German patrol by himself with armed with a, a knife or mm -hmm. bowler knife yep. as well as a pistol. Yep. Didn't he take 21, 21 wound, like stab uh, it, wounds yeah, or something and like received, that? Yeah, I yeah, received something like 20, 21 stab wounds and just, you know, 
he never received the recognition for it. Yeah. But the French... The French did, the though, French, yeah. yeah. The French gave him, uh, awarded him, rather, the, the Croix de Guerre, yeah. along with Stoer. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's, a, that's a theme that we kind of see throughout both World yeah. War I and World War II. And in the Second World War, yeah. there was an incident um, with... Uh, we, were, we were fighting then. We, we, we were, as a unit, the blacks were fighting as a unit with the... Um, the 92nd or the 93rd Division, Buffalo Division. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> and there was, um, uh, I mentioned him in the book also, a Lieutenant Fox, Lieutenant John R. Mm -hmm. Fox. Mm -hmm. Fox was stationed. Oh, the story. Yeah. Fox was stationed in Italy. And it was a small town. I can't pronounce the name. But the Germans were overrunning the town. Mm -hmm. Fox was a forward observer, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, the, in the military terms. He was calling in artillery. Yeah, he's he's the one, for people who don't know, a forward observer is the one who's got the binoculars saying, hey, the shells are landing here. Right. You need to you need to turn it to the right or right. bring it closer. And he's yeah. Right, he's directing the fire. He's directing, yeah, because they can't see. They right, can't, he's you know, the fire they can't direction see where center, things are landing. Calling yeah. back to the fire direction yeah. center, calling where the shells are, are falling. Very dangerous job. Mm-hmm. So as the Americans were withdrawing from this town, Fox, along with two other uh, 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 partisans, you know, Italian fighters, he was calling in the rounds. Mm -hmm. And the operator at the fire directing center was telling him, hey, look, these rounds are getting too close. Pull out, pull out, pull out. So Fox stayed there and kept saying, you know, fire, fire, fire. So uh, the last, his last command was fire it. You know, after that, the radio went dead. Mm -hmm. Now, when the when the Americans uh, came back and retook the town, mm -hmm. they found his body amongst a hundred dead German soldiers. Mm -hmm. He had called around in on himself. Yep. And for that for that act of heroism and sacrifice, mm -hmm. the um, uh, the toy company Mattel in two thousand and five in their GI Joe action series. Mm -hmm. They made an action figure of him, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on his knees, calling in uh, uh, artillery wow. around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and and I think he didn't he also he, he did that, but he secured the the retreat of mm -hmm. the people of that town oh, yeah. as well. But yeah. you know, that's the thing is that he, you know did he did he take out a bunch he but he was he he stayed there so yeah. that other people could get out before mm -hmm. him to make yeah. sure that and he, And for yeah. that, he also received the Medal of Honor. And I believe that, I wish I could think of the town, but in this town, mm -hmm. they have a plaque, a memorial of him even to this day. Yeah, I think it's, that, that is a, a true heroic story for mm -hmm. sure. Um, another another person, to, to uh, Vernon Baker was another Medal of Honor recipient. Vernon was another one. Yeah, he, he took out some some, uh, some several machine, several gun machine guns. guns. Yep, yep. He was also with the 90, 92nd Division. Yeah. Also lieutenant. And I, I believe um, Vernon just died recently oh, wow. because he was awarded the uh, Medal of Honor by uh, none other than President Obama. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, again, yeah. years and years later, you, right. you know, seventy years later, yeah. um, I was going to say uh, there was a lot of people that um, that had that same sort of treatment of of you know years and years and years later yeah. receiving um, these medals of honor. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Bullard, who was a uh, 
He was in World War One. Mm -hmm. They called him the Black Swallow of Death. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was the pilot. Correct? He was a pilot uh, during World War One with the French Army. Wow. Yeah. He yeah. Not, he could not fly. With the Americans. Yeah. And, and he would now if I'm, I'm trying to remember your book, all of this is information that <laughs> yeah. I got from you. So I don't yeah. want to take credit for it. Yeah. But his story as well. Um, he he fought in World War One. Mm -hmm. And then when World when World War Two was happening, he and America got involved. He tried to go to America to fight for America they and they wouldn't let him. They would not take him. Yeah. That's it, yeah, and he was, after already proving himself, he as was a, a pilot. combat pilot. Yeah, he was a combat pilot awarded here again the Quadi Gear. Yeah, uh, he's a combat pilot during the First World War, but the American Arm Army Army Air Force, because the Air Force was not uh, valid then, uh, they refused to take him. Wow, a veteran, experienced combat pilot. Yeah, they wouldn't take. They wouldn't now, take him. Now, now I, I will say in retrospect what they've done. At the Air Force Academy uh, in Colorado, they have a special exhibit exhibit of him uh, with all of his medals mm -hmm. uh, and his uniform, and he was made honorary uh, uh, second lieutenant. Mm. They, they they do honor him now at the Air Force Academy. Yeah, but then no. Yeah. Still, yeah. Then, then, then is when it mattered the most. You know, that is when when you yeah. could have had a, a pilot on your side. Um, so let me. I'm gonna go through just a couple more people that I I just I, these were in the book. Um, we talked about uh, Benjamin O. Davis Sr., who was the first brigadier general, black brigadier general, and then he had a son, correct? Benjamin O. Davis Jr. Yeah. So what yeah. what was his story? Uh, ben uh, Jr. He was the fourth African American to graduate from West Point mm -hmm. in 1936. Mm -hmm. um, it was 46 years after Lieutenant uh, Charles Young had graduated. Wow. There was no blacks at West Point wow. until that time. Wow. In 1936, that's when Benjamin O. Davis Jr. graduated from West Point. Wow, yeah, yeah. so that legacy yeah. lived on. Mm -hmm. And he was also the... Um, he was also the commander of the Tuskegee Airmen. Yes. The Red Tails. Yes. Yeah, who never lost a plane due to enemy yeah, fire. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't talk about, I didn't even bring that up, the because yeah. they, they, they had something like 11,000 missions or bomb, right. or like planes secured. And never yeah. lost a plane. Yeah. They, because the men were so disciplined. You know, most white pilots, they wanted to be ace. So mm. anytime the Metrospitz or the German uh, would attack the, uh, the, the squadron that mm. would be flying, uh, uh, to bomb, they would take off after the the fighters yeah. and try to shoot the fighters down, leaving the bombers you know vulnerable yeah. to that second attack. Yeah. But the red test, they would never leave the bombers. They would stay with the bombers. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And what what one incident? I can't. Uh, the names. Can't <laughs> yeah, explain, yeah, yeah. There's lots of names. <laughs> yeah. This this uh, brother from the uh, red tails. They were coming back from a bombing mission. And um, they came across what they what we call in the army target of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was a battleship, mm -hmm. a German battleship, you know. And they you know swooped down on it, and they just firing you know the fifties, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, boom! They blew up a battleship. Okay, it, it just yeah. on the way back. On the way back, wow. they blew up a battleship. So they get back to base. 
and they're relating the story like, hey man, we sank this battleship and everything. How could you shoot a battle? You know, bombs? All you had was just these 50 caliber yeah, machines. Yeah, yeah. How could you sink a battleship? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But what happened was that in scraping the battleship, evidently they hit the ammunition. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a good and, shot, though. right? And they didn't realize that until they looked at the film on the wing cameras yeah, yeah. Of, the, of their uh, P fifty one. Wow! It's, oh, these guys sunk a battleship. It's crazy, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that's yeah. an amazing story. I can't believe that. Yeah. We also didn't even talk about um, the triple nick parachuter, triple nickel parachuter, triple nickel. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were the first uh, African American. Yeah, first airborne. Airborne. They were signed. They were also uh, the first, I think it said they were the first smoke jumpers, they were, too. They were, yeah. because they were not used during the Second World War. Yeah. Not as paratroopers. Uh, they made their first combat jump in Korea. Wow. But usually, when, when I mean, when they were uh, formed, they were assigned to the California coast uh, to fight fire, yeah. uh, uh, fight forest fires. Yeah. That's why they call them the the first smoke jumpers. Yeah. Smoke jumpers. So. I had to look that up. I had I read it in the book and I was like, yeah. what's a smoke jumper? I didn't yeah. realize it was a, they a were firefighters. firefighters. Yeah. yeah, they were firefighters. That's so interesting. Yeah, the triple nickel. Yeah. yeah. And then there was also, um, let's see, June 1942, the first black Marines. That was that was when they were first allowed to join the Marine mm -hmm. Corps. Yeah. That yep. was a pretty, big a pretty big deal. And then uh, the 761st in 1944, Tankers. Also the first tank battalion. First tank. These guys, they, during the Battle of the Bulge, they were the lead elements in Patton's army yeah. march across Europe with the 761st. Wow. You don't you don't hear that. Yeah. One, another interesting story about, if I may. Yeah, of them. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, if you remember the movie Patton mm -hmm. with George C. Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Patton was speaking before this huge American mm -hmm. flag, you know, and yeah, did his yeah, yeah. speech, he was speaking to the 761st. Though hmm. that's why you never showed they never, never showed never, a picture yeah. of the soldiers, but that was the 761st. Ah. The incident was that uh, what happened during the Normandy invasion, Patton being a tanker and believe in don't take land, you just keep moving, moving forward. Patton lost a lot of tanks during the invasion, mm. some by German fire, mm -hmm. some were sank in the canal, in the English canal. Yeah. They never made it on shore. Yeah. Patton needed and wanted tankers. Mm -hmm. The 761st was never supposed to see the war. Wow, really? They trained at Fort Hood, Texas for two years. Wow. Never saw the war. But because Patton had lost so many tanks, he said, I don't give a darn. <laughs> Hey, look, but I don't give a darn. Hey, I want and I need tankers. Yeah. Okay. So he sent for the 761st. And that's when he gave the speech. Hmm. You know, hey, I want you to, you know, get out there and do this yeah, and do yeah, that. Yeah. And gung ho, blood and guts and all like this. Wow. But they were never supposed to see the war. Wow. And their motto, the motto of the 761st was come out fighting. Mm. They got the motto from, of all people, Joe Lewis. Oh, wow. Okay. Joe Lewis had two championship fights. Yeah. Heavyweight fights. The first fight, he fought Max Smelling. Mm -hmm. Smelling beating. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
that's when Hitler was all, yeah, the superiority of the oh, Aryan race, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and all like this here. So Lewis trained for the second fight. The second fight when he fought Smelling, he beat Smelling. Mm -hmm. But when they asked Lewis, you know, oh, well, Joe, how are you going to train for this fight, you know, the second fight, the second championship fight, say, I'm going to come out fighting. Yeah. The 761st took that motto, and that was their motto. That's amazing. Come out fighting. Come out fighting. The Black Panther. Yeah, the, the Black Panther. Black yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're, they're the the history is is boundless. Yeah. Honestly, um, let and what one more uh, person I want to talk about, uh, Lieutenant General Nadia West. Nadia, I don't know anything much about Nadia. That was a recent. That was a more recent one. That, yeah, yeah, Nadia. Nadia, if I'm not mistaken, Nadia was the first African American to graduate from the point. Yeah. Um. Uh, at the, I don't know if she's still, I haven't done that much recent uh, research on yeah. her, uh, but at the time, she was the highest ranking African-American woman, Yeah, and I believe she was also the Surgeon General of the Army. Yeah, yeah, she was, at, she was made, made definitely big, big splashes within yeah, yeah. just fem females being active in the right. military and, and right, African-American right. females. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big deal for that. I'm pretty, mm -hmm. pretty impressed with that, too. When you look back on their service, on their sacrifices. Yes. See, because we all, you know, myself and every soldier today, especially black soldier, we stood on the shoulders of these Buffalo soldiers. Yeah. And Colin would be the first one to say, hey, I, I would not have made chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff had it not been for me standing on the shoulders of these great men. Wow. Absolutely. But it was Colin Powell Absolutely, that yeah. uh, made that quote. No. Speaking of the sacrifices and the contributions of the African Americans. Yeah. And I, and I, I think that your your book is also showing yeah. that. And I'm really happy that you were able, I'm really happy that you were encouraged by your motorcycle club to, to, to put that out and to right. put that together. Honestly, okay. thank you so much for all this information too. Honor. Honestly, now, you, now, what are you doing currently, Rod? What, what, what do you got going on? You, uh, you yeah, club yourself cur currently with the uh, with the Buffalo Soldier Motorcycle Club. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing now, uh, our unofficial motto is just doing good in the hood. Doing good, I love yeah, that. Yeah. So what we try to do, uh, be involved in community events like uh, fundraising for the, uh, the Sickle Cell Foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, we work with uh, UConn in conjunction with that. Uh, we've contributed several thousand dollars to that research program because sickle cell is a disease that really affects the African-American community. Yeah. We uh, have a pancake breakfast uh, every year, about September, October. It's a fundraiser for the, um, uh, the food pantry at uh, Shallow Baptist Church and um, as well as a stand down for veterans, mm. as well as participating in a number of uh, charitable rides or anything we can do to uh, uh, to assist the community. Yeah. Is there is there a way for people to look up where you've got events or where, where uh, they can yeah. donate or anything? Yeah, if I could just give our website. Yeah, what's the website? Our website is www Buffalo Soldier Motorcycle Club BSMC Hartford and dot org. So dot org. Yeah, Buffalo Soldier Motorcycle Club dot org. 
And you could go on our website uh, if you care to support us um, or just tell a little bit about our club and uh, our chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I really appreciate that. We'll definitely get that word out there. Yeah. But thank you so much again was, for being here. It was an honor. It was honestly yeah. a great conversation. You you yeah. gave so much information yeah. and just I, 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 I appreciate you taking the time to educate people. It was, it was my honor. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. Well, and that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for seeing the show today. And we'll uh, see you next time for the next episode. Take it easy.